0: Welcome to the broadcast of the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. Our desire is that today's message will multiply God's grace to you. To contact us, please call us at 208-331-4096. We will repeat that number again at the end of our broadcast today. But now, here is our speaker, Joel Van Hugen. In a few of our last broadcasts, we've taken time to explore how God has worked to make Himself known to us through a deep relationship. We brought this conversation finally to the person of the Holy Spirit. He is God's, he is the Lord Jesus' gift to the child of faith, and he comes to make God, to make Jesus real to us. He comes to lead us into a deep knowing of the triune God. But to accomplish that work, we must have a heart that always welcomes him as the Lord of our lives. Now, we consider more of the way of God's self-communication to us And through this, we learn how it is that we may religiously serve him. I told you our text today would be the Bible. The Bible is a testimony that God has a story to tell to us, that God is communicating his life to us in a story. And if you'll just think about that for a moment, you'll realize that this is how all of us weave our relationships with one another. Every one of us who has a significant relationship finds that a relationship was folded and built around our telling our stories to one another and understanding our stories and building our stories together. And it is the same way with God. You get any couple who begins to find an attraction for one another, who begins to build a relationship with one another, and it will be built around their sharing their stories with one another. And at some point in time, they commit to continuing out And carrying out that story together. That's the way it is. It works in our lives. And then when we have children. What we do is we tell our children our stories. We tell them how we met one another. We tell them about our lives and our past. We build our stories into their stories. So they can pass it on to somebody else. And carry on the narrative. And carry on the history. And That's just what you do in a relationship. Anything that's real and vital. You do in a relationship. Is you share and you participate in one another's stories. You tell the stories of your past and what made you who you are. You commit to building that story in real time. And so your life together really is the ongoing construction of the narrative of your life together. Then also you anticipate and you talk about and you calculate and you worry. You consider the unfolding story in the future and what it's going to be like. That's what you do when you're in relationship with one another. God wants a relationship with us. And as such, God has revealed himself to us in a story. The Bible is, above everything else, a narrative. It's a story. It's God writing out the unfolding revelation of himself as he interacts with those that he wants to have a relationship with. It's a narrative, and within that narrative he hangs elements of poetry where individuals express themselves in the midst of that story and... There are lists of names and categories that you can read about that are pertinent to and informing that story. And there are expressions of the real-time experiences of men as they're applying the lessons they're learning and how they're living out their lives. And then there's the projections into the future as God prophetically reveals to us what lies ahead based upon the decisions we make of how we interact with Him and how we live with Him. Such all of this you read and you understand that above everything else, God is seeking to make himself known. The Bible is all story. It's, it's all God's story being played out before our eyes and in our listening. What this to tell me is that if you're going to form and shape this relationship with God, you must be committed to listening to his story and knowing it. You have to avoid the temptation, which happens in evangelical communities, to merely Read the Word of God in order to make theological list, for example, of God's attributes. Uh, That's nice. It might be helpful, but there's no relationship there. It's only as those attributes are played out in story that you would know Him. You have to be careful not simply to read the Bible to categorize instructions on how you ought to live. That might be interesting. It it might be helpful, but there's not a full-born expression of relationship on those things. We won't set them aside, but they won't answer altogether what you need. You cannot simply read it to analyze and systematize various doctrines. You can't untether all that from the story of God making himself known. The relationship is in the story that God is telling, not in points of knowledge that we can extract out of it that we can give some kind of mental assent to or some moral commitment to. The fact is that evangelicals have shied away from looking at the Bible as story because liberal thinkers have turned the Bible into mere literature a book club of rosy thinking, a study in spiritual tall tales. And as a result, we've decided we'll avoid that. We'll just get the information and the data and we'll believe in it and we'll accept all these facts that lead to certain behaviors and we'll try to respond in accordance. But the liberal's error was to come to the story without seeking a relationship with the God of the story. And oddly enough, it can be ours as well is to come to all this information and all this data without realizing that above everything else, God is wanting us to come in relationship with him. They read their Bible as literature and not as a book leading people into relationship with the God of that story. So just let me encourage you to go back and read this Bible again. Begin studying it. To not lose the sight of God, in a sense, the wonders of his word. Not to become so analytical at every fine point that at some point you lose the overall narrative that God is making himself known through. Know him. Come to know him. Come to appreciate his story. By the way, the Bible doesn't give us all of the information. God doesn't give us all the necessary elements of the story. There's more to learn. We'll hear it in heaven, I'm sure, and more still. God gives us just enough to form uh, clear impressionistic marks of the way he works throughout time and history. So as we look at it and we step back and look at it and we draw back from it, it's wonderful and it's glorious. Have you ever looked at an impressionistic painting? If you were to just go and study one little blotch on the canvas, it wouldn't really mean very much to you. It'd Be hard to gather anything from it. But if you would just step back and look at it, it, it tells something wonderful. And that's what God has done in his word. I'm not here, by the way, trying to be poetic or artistic. I'm telling you, this is how you engage your own lives. This is how you live your life together. This is how you nurture your relationships with one another. So this requires, on our part, a spirit of listening. And that's what the Holy Spirit has come to do. The author of this text, the Holy Spirit, lives within us to bring to life that story and engage us in it and draw us into it ourselves. He lives within us so that he can speak to us and we can listen to him. It becomes our story. It becomes God's story written out for our own lives. You know, the reason, by the way, we have a hard time reading the Bible in this way is because we read it with such self-interest. We're more interested in ourselves than we are in him. This is a problem for young people, I think. It's, I think it's a problem in our age today. I think that what happens for people today is we've maybe it's because we've been exposed to the medium of television all the time, and we see all these propped up and staged out narratives and plays and movies, and this is the whole way in which we conceptualize the world, and actually we go out into the world and we treat ourselves as if we're a screenwriter, that we're the director, that we're the actor, and we're the audience. And we look at everything that we engage in from the standpoint of what we've written or what we want to write and how we should act it out and what the direction should be and what we're doing in the midst of it and how other people are seeing and perceiving it. And it's all about ourselves. We're so fixated in ourselves that we can't forget ourselves to think of anyone else. Everything is within the own little scope of our own lives. And so when we read the Bible, what happens oftentimes is we're in too much of a rush to find ourselves in it. What does this mean for me? What do I get out of it? Where's my place? And then we let our minds wander off into our own little self-narrative. And the Spirit has come to make Himself known to us. To bring us into a sort of wonderful blindness where we forget ourselves and we remember Him. And as we remember Him, and as we discover Him, He shows us where we belong in the story. He takes up his rightful position as the author, as the director, as the subject. And he brings us glory in our place as this great audience that watches what God is doing. And we wonder at it. That's our problem. We've become so narcissistic, so self-centered, so eager to pursue our own answers and our own self-actualization. That we've decided that God is not worth exploring or knowing. How odd to miss such a great mystery and a great wonder. No. If the great thing in your life is that you want a relationship, you want a relationship, but it has to begin. Any genuine relationship has to begin with the relationship of the God who made you. I would also tell you, until you come in touch with that God and know Him in relationship all the other relationships will suffer. Because He opens you up to them. That brings us to the duty of this relationship, which is a proper relationship with God will bring us into a proper relationship with others. And the way that we live that life out before others will become our religion. It will become the way in which we give expression to this God of relationship with those that He is in relationship with or longs to be in relationship with. And so we go from walking with Jesus and knowing the Lord Jesus and growing a relationship with Jesus to turning ourselves to those that the Lord Jesus wants to walk with and the Lord Jesus wants to know and the Lord Jesus wants to be causing to grow in relationship with Him or turning to those in which Jesus is already participating and working in their lives. So how do we express our relationship with God in our relationship with others? How do we take what we're learning here and understanding and find our way to the way we engage those around us? Well, this is where I was getting to. This is somewhat of the meditation. I think we do it in the same way that we do with God. We must take time to know God and we must take time to know others. That's really what the life of intercession is. Intercession is praying out your growing knowing of others before God. And you're growing knowing of God before others. We must ask the Spirit to give us ears to listen to them. We must know them through God's love for them. Just as the Spirit comes to bring a knowing of God to our own lives, He would lead us now into a knowing of one another and others. Remember what James said in James 1.27. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Now, my point here is that this growing relationship that we express with God is one expressed in our willingness to listen to God and participate in his story as a result. And our growing then religion or life before others is our willingness through God to listen to them and participate in their stories. That takes a selflessness. Look at pure and undefiled religion. The sight of God our Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their stress, to keep oneself unstained from the world. Go one verse before that. The topic is still the same. It's on religion. It says this, If anyone thinks himself to be religious and doesn't bridle his tongue, they deceive themselves, and the religion is worthless. Listen, if all you do is talk and you don't listen, don't have the right kind of religion you're fooling yourselves if you don't think that it's talking about listening go back to James chapter 119 because the topic is still the same no my beloved brethren everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak here's a prayer that you will find someone to hear you to listen not only because they love you but because they love the God who loves you You've been listening to the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, you can call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, may God bless you.